Hello everyone, welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, helping people, and all the things it takes to help you live a strong, joyous life. My guest today is Anne Poirier. Hi, Anne. Hi, Joyce. Very nice to be here. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to have you. And Anne, we talked about this as far as how we're going to title you, is a lifestyle strategist, which I really like because it's holistic sounding. And she is from Shaping Perspectives with an S.com. And also you can find her on Facebook if you type in Shaping Perspectives. Um, so reach out to Anne, and um, you're going to learn a lot about her today on her journey. I think that's where I'd love to start. Well, how did you get into um, changing people's lives and saving lives? Well, it's a, a long story, and the short version, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right, is I grew up as kind of a tomboy, yeah. you know, playing sports with an older brother. Where'd you grow up? Uh, in Topsfield, Massachusetts, okay. so North Shore area. Yeah. And... One of the kids, you know, one of my brother's friends started with a nickname for me at about 10 years old. Yeah. And the nickname was, um, and I look at it now and go, oh, it's pretty funny. But at the time, it wasn't. Um, and it was called Annie, they called me Annie Fanny Farmer. So my brother and his friends, it was just one of those little childhood nicknames. Yeah. But I took it, kind of, I call it the seed, one of the seeds that, I got, that got planted inside of my head early on yeah. that I did not look the same as the other kids. I was stocky. I was a chubby little baby, as my father describes me. Yeah. Um, so I always was thinking I was fat. And that just started kind of this ball rolling for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then the doctor, right in that same period of time, when my mother took me to a physical, the doctor told my mom, you know, you better watch what she eats. She's on the high part of the scale. You want to be careful. How old were you then? 11, yeah. 10, 11. Yeah. So this is kind of that, that realm. And this is in the 70s. Yeah. And then um, getting into junior high school, not being able to really shop at the normal size departments yeah. and heading to the, if you remember the Husky de department at Sears. Yeah. And so ending up at that department yeah. and this rolled me into an early stage of an eating disorder yeah. at 11 and 12 years old, oh which lasted about God. three years. Um, what happened when you say eating disorder? What kind of things? Um, I just stopped really eating much yeah. um, and lying about what I did eat and mm -hmm. I fell into uh, anorexia yeah. early 70s um, no one really knew what it was what was going on mm -hmm. I, I have kind of this blank period of time between 7th grade and 10th grade which I can't remember much of anything and it's very interesting as I look back because I must have been going to school and something must have been happening, but I don't remember much of any of it. Wow. Um, my mother, thank goodness, she read a book at that time called, I think it was called The Golden Cage, and it was about anorexia and started to get me help. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of a, a start of this disordered relationship with food mm -hmm. and with eating and with exercise and all of it. Um, and your self-image, just the story you were telling yourself from, I like the idea of seed. Because mm. it, it, it just, it's like the story you tell yourself, but how it's, it's growing and getting, you know, a life of its own. Right. I, I think about the seed as being the 
the name calling and then yeah. the doctor and just the other things is watering the seed yeah. and growing it and really making it kind of my identity. So yeah. I took it on as my identity is that I'm, I'm not, not a healthy one. It's more like a mm -hmm. weed. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> like that. It is a weed. It's yeah. definitely a weed. Yeah. Um, and so that, that kind of s started this disordered relationship and what got me out of it after a long period of time with some psychotherapy as a kid uh, and also some time in, in the hospital mm -hmm. was uh, soccer. So uh, I found soccer my sophomore year and I found myself connected with people and kind of a support system. Yeah. And in order to play soccer, I had to maintain a certain weight. Yeah. And that pulled me out of, of the actual eating disorder to a, at least a more healthy relationship for, for the time being. Yeah. Uh, with that, I went into, because I loved it so much, my history, when I went into fitness, mm -hmm. and I spent 30 years in fitness. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, the 30 years in fitness was really just kind of feeding my disorder. I never really, f I never really came to the, the body image piece of accepting my body as it was. This is, I want to slow you down a little mm -hmm. bit. It's really fascinating, because I, you know, the, I'm a strength and conditioning coach as well, and I, I'm around a lot of fitness people, and I see this all the time, where, um, and even in the language in the fitness centers, you know, mm -hmm. here it's Thanksgiving, or it's Christmas, mm -hmm. or it's some holiday, and we know you're going to eat all that food, so work off the calories. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, burn it off. Yeah. I, was, I was exercising to eat, yeah. and eating, and whatever I eat, I had to burn off. It was, a, it was a numbers game, full of numbers. How many calories did I eat? How many calories did I burn off? How many miles do I have to run? What is, you know, that whole, mm -hmm. how many classes do I have to teach? Do I yeah. have to get back to the gym? You know, all of that, and then the restriction, yeah. And the overeating due to the restriction because yeah. the body was just saying, hey, please feed me. Yeah. Oh, the body right. is it's going to make you think you're in control, but the body is, is in control. I say that to people. Every cell in your body is listening. Right. It doesn't trust you. <laughs> I, that's so true. Yeah. And that trust, not only do you have to start to trust your body, the body has to start to trust you again, especially yeah. if you've had you know, a disordered relationship with food and eating and exercise too, because yeah. it can go any direction. Yeah. So that's, that was kind of my whole wow. history with a couple of, and a couple of the pitfalls, of course, were just life. Mm -hmm. When life happens, a divorce, mm -hmm. right? Having kids and, and that kind of upheaval. It complicates and, things. <laughs> right. And what can I control? I can control my weight. Yeah. I can control how many calories I'm taking in. I can control how, how much I'm exercising. Yeah. It's a, it turns into a distraction. That's fascinating where something that we so much want to see people do and we can distort it or use it as part of, like you say, enabling or, or how did you put it? Per well, it becomes kind of a numbing. It becomes yeah. a way out. Yeah. You know, it becomes a way of controlling it controlling just your whatever you can control because yeah. life is out of control or at least that's what you're feeling yeah. on the inside you're feeling I've seen out of I've referred people to go to, you know to gyms and, and then I'm like oh I gotta pull them out of there now because now they're running marathons and they're doing this is excessive stuff and still struggling emotionally I can tell you know they're right. I know it's it's that vicious cycle right and I think that there's so many um, like numbing 
coping mechanisms that people use, and exercise is one of them. Yeah. And and we we want people to exercise and move. And and since since I've kind of shifted gears in my professional life, yeah. I I've actually changed the word exercise, and now I use movement and play. Yeah, I and love it. Let's I just, love it. Yeah. Let's just move our bodies and play. We're on the same page. <laughs> I'm like, do something yeah. you love. Move. There's a guy, um, Daryl. His last name is escaping me right now. He's in England. And he has uh, um, car, a deck of cards, and he shows how primal play, I think is what he mm. calls it. And he shows um, it, how to move his animals. Like he has oh, all right. these different move, fun movement things. And we do it on the ice and hockey. I have the kids imitate animals to help oh. them to get like on one foot and just play with it instead of being so technical that it takes the fun out of it. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, if you like it, you're going to do it. Yeah. If you hate it. If it makes me laugh, I'm going to do more of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that whole um, shift of perspective, you know, the shaping perspectives comes now from. Now I get the title of your from, practice, where that comes from, yeah. You know, really changing the perspective on everything, on food, yeah. on eating, on the your body. How did you it. get to the awareness of being in fitness to take the next step? Like, how did you break through that? That sounds... Well, to be honest, my body broke me through it. My body started to break down, and okay. my knee started to break down. As I was going through the divorce period of time, yeah. I started running. Yeah. And started running. Yeah. And started running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my knee, which, which I'd had a soccer injury back in college, uh, was just not happy with me. Yeah. And I continued to push, push, push until I really couldn't push anymore. Yeah. And I had gone to a doctor to, you know, to take care of my knee. And they gave me kind of this four stages. We can try this, 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 and then if none of those work, we'll do this, which is a knee replacement, right. total knee replacement. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the hospital room at, uh, ready to go in and have my uh, tibia actually broken so that it could line up my knee so that I could continue to run. It's called an osteotomy. They were going to, you know, they actually break a bone so that then you can do whatever you want because they're making it. They're lining the knee up better so you can do whatever. Yeah. And the doctor came in and he said, I just want to sh- let you know before we go in that if the knee's too bad, we're not going to be able to do this. And I, he turned and walked out and I knew, like I knew at that moment, they're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. I know they're not going to be able to do it. And when I woke up from the operating room, they weren't able to do it. So yeah. I knew the next step was a knee replacement. And that's when I just, it was like, um, like that punch in the gut there's got to be a better way yeah this is not working and and what am i going to do so it was through the knee replacement and the recovery of the knee replacement that i started to journal and um, write a, write my story and started to just what else is out there i must i'm missing something yeah i'm missing something personally in the inside yeah and i'm i'm abusing on the outside mm-hmm. something how can i make a change and that was where my journey kind of started to intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And I went back to school and um, went to Plymouth State University, which was my alma mater, mm-hmm. and got a, a certificate in eating disorder, specialist certificate there. Okay. So, yeah. uh, and that's where the shift started to, to change. And then I've just continued to grow and evolve and really understand it has nothing to do with weight. Yeah. It really has to do with how we feel about ourselves on the inside. Yeah. In that shift of the journey, yeah, you know, so that's where I've 
now I'm doing this, but I landed with one of my instructors from the Eating Disorder Institute. I landed a job at a place called Green Mountain at Fox Run, mm -hmm. which is now closed, unfortunately, but it was working with women struggling with weight. Mm -hmm. And it had all, most of the approach that I take now. Yeah. You know, playing and moving with joy, mm -hmm. taking care of yourself, self-compassion, gratitude, mm -hmm. you know, so I just fell in love with the women there. And so when I left, because I knew it wasn't quite right, thought it was, but knew it wasn't quite right, and yeah. started shaping perspectives, that's, that's the journey I'm taking women on now. Yeah. Is let's start to, to find your own true value and worth, because once you start to look inside yeah. and find that, you start to take care of yourself. Yeah. Now, do you work with people around food specifically as well, or just the surrounding piece? around food food as well because the intuitive eating yeah. process is around really just starting to tune into your own body yeah what Listening. feels good yeah right what, are you hungry yeah are you getting full yeah. Do you feel bloated after you eat that what's the body telling you yeah you know that whole like we were talking about before that trust yeah you know allowing yourself to trust the body and giving the body because people chance. often come to me because they want weight loss and then I'm like I and I that's this is what we were talking about this as well in the preamble about matching up with the right people because if they're dead set on I want to lose weight fast this worked for me before and I want to use this product mm. and I'm like well that's a cookie cutter approach you will lose weight mm -hmm. but I can um, pretty much guarantee you you're going to get it back mm -hmm. and feel worse about yourself and be less healthy correct yeah all those things so really trying to find um, so yeah so maybe that's what connected us in the first place but are you ready to look beyond the food because mm -hmm. we're only going to talk about that if we say percentages that's a really small amount of our time right is that so with your practice yeah that's that is so and I also think I, t I talk to people about um, and this is kind of comes a little bit from the intuitive eating approaches if if weight loss is the focus mm -hmm. then we're not going to get there mm -hmm. But if we, we, we acknowledge weight loss, we mm -hmm. acknowledge that that might be something that you want, mm -hmm. but that's not our focus. We're gonna put it on the back burner mm -hmm. and we're gonna focus on some other things. Mm -hmm. Because once we start to dive into these things and start to really find you mm -hmm. um, and find behaviors, I think, what are the behaviors that we want to start to instill that are sustainable? Yeah, and, right? the, and, and then you must know about um, the science of habit change and people like James Clear and Atomic Habits. Have you read mm -hmm. that one yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, and just how I like that title too because it's like small, small, the smallest little particle that you can get, but it's part of the big picture. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little a double entendre there, and then being able to help people say, it's something as simple as drinking your water in the morning at whatever, you know, before your coffee, which is one of the things I learned to do. Mm -hmm. um, I really want that coffee, but, that, but the, the, I have to cross that little bump to get to the coffee, which is drink your water, take your supplements, mm -hmm. that, you know, the ones I take. 
And, um, and it worked because, uh, you know, after a while, it's like brushing your teeth. It's like, okay, check, that little one's done. Yes. And lo and behold, over time, if you just keep knocking off those little habits, right? Mm -hmm. um, that thing we didn't put in the back burner happened. And I'm like, when did that How happen? How that happened, right? <laughs> I wasn't even looking <laughs> for that. Yeah. yeah, it was a side effect. Yeah, because right? that's not a goal. Yes, correct. It's not and a that's... goal. It's, a, it's, you know, you have to have a, a, a fantasy or a vision, I guess, of who you are, but that's... That's not weight. Mm -mm. No, yeah. it's looking beyond that. Yeah. You know, and I talk about the one thing. What's the one thing? Yeah. Let's do the one and, the, and with that the one, one thing. Right. That, yeah. the, the book, yeah. the one thing. But yeah. then also on top of that, um, one of my coaches has talked about, to me about a habit sandwich, yeah. which I love. Um, so it's one thing that you already do, like your coffee. Yeah. And then you link something to it. That's the new habit, yeah. like the water. Yeah. So all of a sudden you have like this, it becomes easier. I think Claire calls it, James Cook calls it habit stacking. Yes. So I like habit sandwich better. I, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Food analogies, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, one of the th other things I've done is, uh, although I didn't do it this morning, um, not sure why I didn't do it this morning, but I do it most mornings is when I go to brush my teeth, I'm just standing there brushing my teeth and I want to do a good job. So I do squats. Like I'm just standing there and I, I'll, and it warms me up. So I'll do 20 squats. Sometimes I'll do another 20. Um, and I just do like deep, deep knee squats in, mm. in my bathroom. Mm. And it's like, well, if I do nothing else, I squat it because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that hip hinge is important for people right. my age, right? Right, right. So. Standing on one foot, I have a lot of people doing while they brush their teeth. Yeah, I like that balance. one too for balance, right? right. Yeah, right. Connecting, I, I've connecting done that the body. One. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think as I work more and more with people, we really start to to understand what kind of, and we talked a little bit about this in the beginning, a little bit like what hits you where you turn to food or where you turn to um, disconnect or where you turn to try to control what's going on. Yeah. And when when that happens, instead of looking at it as something that, bothers you like the trigger we were talking about that trigger mm -hmm. when somebody somebody says something or something happens at work or and it and it, you can just feel it in your body and the next thing you know you don't want to feel that so you take a beeline you yeah. know through the drive-through or you take a, a beeline to the gym for your third workout of the day or you go um to the to um, go get a couple of drinks or whatever that might you know whatever yeah. that controlling mechanism might be to, and I think to, of that as a neurological pathway. Absolutely, it's, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. It's that. It's a. It's, it's wired in. It's wired in. Yeah. It's a. It's a chain reaction. Yeah. This happens. Boom, 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 boom. So it's a right. habit. It's back to habit. I think of. Um, I, most people can relate to this. You're driving somewhere, wherever, and you get there, and you're like, "How did I get here? How did I not crash into a tree?" And mm -hmm. it just shows you if it's, a, especially if it's like going to work or go, going to pick the kids up at school or whatever, we, the, the brain is, is um, it's expensive to run the brain. So the, the brain does this for us. It creates these sort of, you know, we don't have to pay that much attention anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the same thing with these negative things that exactly. we do, right? Exactly. And, if, and, and it, I call it breaking the chain, you okay. know, the chain reaction yeah. of something happening and the direct beeline to the to the so cabinet. So how do you break the chain? That's valuable stuff. How do you do that? It's it's the first step is awareness. Yeah. Awareness of the impact of whatever it is that hit you. So you have to slow it down. Mm hmm. So how do you like do taking that? A, just taking a deep breath. Yeah. It's noticing when someone says to you, 
something that hits you, like that trigger. I call it the trigger is the teacher, right? So the trigger, whatever that might be, happens. Yeah. And instantaneously, there's a reaction in the body. Yeah. Body is so smart. It's either a punch, feeling like a punch in the gut, it feels tight on the throat, the shoulders hunch up, you, you know, you might get red or hot mm -hmm. or flush. So there's a physical reaction. And what we can do is we can actually notice, look back on a period of time when this happened and let's, okay, well, what happened when they said that? Or how did you feel when that happened at work? Mm -hmm. And so if we can connect the physical feeling, then all of a sudden we can be aware of that physical feeling so that we can notice it next time it happens. Mm -hmm. And that's where, where oh, there it is again. Mm -hmm. Like that, like you're gonna be sick and you go, okay, deep breath. So breath starts, Right, just yeah. a deep breath, being aware and being present of where you are. Yeah. What is that, what's, why is that, what is, what is whatever happened, why is that touching me or hitting me so hard? What in me should I pause to yeah. look at that this is, go this is going on. I think the brain science behind that is, we were speaking about this before, the, when, when that happens, we're, we're wired to get out of danger, mm -hmm. right? And right. so the amygdala, that part of our, you know, our reptile brain or monkey brain, whatever, mm -hmm. it really is there to handle an emergency. And often these, you know, these days we see things that aren't really life-threatening, but we react that way. And I think that breath, moves us out of the amygdala into prefrontal the cortex, prefrontal yeah. cortex where we can mm -hmm. problem solve. Exactly. So it, is, it seems like such a small, simple thing, I but know. you're really changing what part of the brain you're using so that you can fix it. Absolutely, absolutely. Without that breath yeah. and without the awareness, it's the chain reaction. Yeah. It's almost automatic. It's the same as driving from point A to point B. Yeah. You don't even realize it, in the, and you're in the bottom of the ice cream carton w without any thought, and then you How start to feel... How did I get feel, here? Did I, who else yeah. ate this? Yeah. yeah. I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> right. And I, there was one person who was talking about, I think, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what the automatic thing was he was doing. I think it may be anger, but he, he described it this way, and it gave me a sense of, you're not going to be perfect the first time you try it, so don't give up this idea of practice, and he said, first the train would come and hit me. <laughs> Never saw it coming. <laughs> then I'd see it coming, and it would still hit me, and sometimes it still does. Now I see it coming, I can pause and mm -hmm. move tracks. Right, right, getting out of, and it's the noticing, yeah. and without the noticing. And I think about even, even, even the pause and the breath and still the action is progress. Yeah. Right. Because so it's least okay you... if I'm not perfect at this. Oh if gosh, I get absolutely. started and I, you know, out of seven days, one day I caught myself. Yay! Celebrate. Yeah. Right. Celebrate That's that. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's reassuring because I tend to be like, if it's not an A, you know, forget about it. And then what <laughs> happens, though? Right. So if if we try something and it doesn't work, and we don't try again, we're right back to where we were. Yeah. And so change never comes. Yeah. Be like so. handing you a violin you've never played before and say, yeah. you can't play it after one minute? What's wrong with you? <laughs> that's what we do to ourselves, though, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anything that's, that's new yeah. takes practice. Yeah. You know, and the more that we get, the more that we practice it, the better we get. Yeah. That, that confidence, competence loop, right? right? We, we get like more that. confident at yeah. it, then we get more confident at it, and then we get better, yeah. and we get better. And then the next thing you know, out of 10 episodes, maybe only one time you head to the fridge. Yeah. But the first 10 times, you might only do one, and that's 
progress. That's progress. Yeah, yeah. You know, celebrating that progress because that's, look at me. And, and some of my clients will say that, you know what I did this week? Yeah. And so proud. And, and I asked I my clients to do that, to text me with their successes and things. Be I said, because no one else really cares if you ate broccoli, but I do. Right. And, and I get the significance right. of whatever right. the thing is that you did. Right. Um, so I'm so happy that you do that. Yeah, that, that I, pause. I want to make sure we have enough time to, um, you've talked about intuitive eating, mm -hmm. and uh, maybe just define that a little bit more clearly for, um, for our listeners. Okay, intuitive eating is, like I said, it's really tuning into the body. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, some of the principles include um, honoring your hunger mm -hmm. and your fullness. So yeah. really being, beginning to be in touch with that. Yeah. It's making peace with food. Yeah. Making food unconditional. Yeah. It's not good or bad. Because yeah. as soon as we label it. So you're it, languaging. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. As soon as we start to label good and bad, then that's we're either good when we eat a good food or bad when we're eating oh, a bad food. We tie it to our character. Absolutely. Yeah. And then if we're eating a bad food, there's guilt and shame, which yeah. is going to draw us down into that you know, back into that numbing, <laughs> uh, numbing you know, <laughs> looking for um, in the self-talk that goes along with that and the yeah. beating ourselves up and all of that. So that's kind of tied into that a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, it also talks about body, body acceptance and yeah. honoring our body, you know, and starting to treat our body with some respect. And our, our value? Mm -hmm. as, Absolutely. Yeah. It's tied in this society today, everything is tied so much to the way people look. Yeah. You know, the physical, um, the biases on, on the physical stature mm -hmm. and how people look. And that's not who we are. Mm -hmm. It's such a, a tiny little piece yeah. of who we really are. It's, we're so much more than that. Yeah. And if we can start to understand and really value ourselves and value those wonderful traits and qualities that we all are given that are different, it doesn't matter what our bodies look like. We're just, this is a vessel. Yeah. Like this body's just a vessel that we're, we're traveling through. It's so fascinating. There's a, um, a TED, TEDx talk with Heather Monahan on Me Too, but it wasn't the Me Too that has been popular. It was Me Too related to Mean Girls. Mm. And, um, and she got into this, uh, she called it something else, Five Steps, but it was really script, rewriting her script. Mm. So how she really was attracting these situations to herself or, or not not um, getting out of them when when cases when somebody was uh, being mean to her abusive to her in a work in a work situation mm. um, but it just sounds like almost the same thing it wasn't about she looks beautiful it wasn't about how she looked but it was how she felt about herself mm. and being able to change how she saw herself and her value mm. and then do that self-talk. She did it like uh, like it was, um, like we would say, go to the gym every day, or it was part of her routine, is she had to do this self-talk steps all day, every day as part of her routine until it became her. Right, absolutely, because yeah. our self-talk, like you were talking about, the neuroplasticity of our brain, yeah. our self-talk ta self tapes yeah. are just so ingrained. And I think about them as a, as a pathway in the grass, and there's all this grass growing up, you know, because I yeah. connected to the weeds, right? Yeah. There's, we've been talking the same the thing rut. over, 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 over. Yeah. And, and if we want to change, we have to step out of that. I was so excited. So if you get weeds. a chance to, to Google that, um, mm. Heather Monahan and her TEDx talk, yeah. and it's exactly that. She had a process, came out with a process, because she was a you know, business person, and she knew how to do this in business, and she said, I can do this here. 
right, right, right up in the brain yeah. and step out into the weeds. Um, some of the training that I did through my little journey was through um, Shad Helmstetter yeah. and self-talk. Yeah. And he wrote the book, um, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Oh, I and love it. so it's all about the neuroplane, the power of neuroplasticity, yeah. you know, and it's, yes, we need to step into the weeds and yes, it's uncomfortable and yes, it's hard. Yeah. But if we don't step into the weeds, we're going to be staying on that same track. Yeah. Yeah. And then where does that get us? Yeah. Right. And seeing that as the adventure. Right. Exactly. We're about out of time. I told you it oh would go God. fast. Oh my gosh. It did I go very know. fast. Oh. I love you. You are so talented. I'm, I just... I'm so grateful you're there to help people in the way that you do. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me here. And thank you for the work that you do and thank for you. sharing yeah. different people to, to the world so that messages can get out there that, that really resonate with. Yeah, we'll with, help more people help, together. Help, help, help. And so that's why I love having guests like you. And yeah. especially when you, you resonate so closely with, with me and you know, seeing your journey. And we're, are, they're different, but they're similar. Mm. And, um, yeah. and that just gives me more confidence in what I do because, you know, hearing, whoa, how did she come up with the same, you know, the same answers and the same solutions and mm -hmm. see the same results? And right. it's, it's got to be true. It's got to be real. So true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, Anne yeah. Poirier. Yes. Um, and it is uh, shapingperspectives.com yes. and Shaping Perspectives on Facebook. On Facebook, yes. Um, reach out. Yeah, so, great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank Lynn. you, Anne. Joyce. Yeah. <laughs>